0: Welcome to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. Wherever you're listening from, welcome. We pray that the truth from the Word of God speaks to your heart during today's message. 1 Peter chapter number 2. Let's see what the Bible says there. We're going to look at four ways tonight to grow in the Lord. Four different ways. Important. There we go. All right. First, Peter, chapter two, verse number one. Look what the Bible says. Wherefore, laying aside all malice and all guile and hypocrisies and envies and all evil speakings, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that ye may grow thereby, if so be ye have tasted that the Lord is gracious. All right, let's stop here and pause and pray, and then we'll dive into some meat of the message. All right, Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Please help me to be able to relay your truth in a good way so that we can be more edified for it and live better because of it. Be with us. We ask this in the name of Jesus Christ the Lord. Amen, amen. All right. So we see in first Peter, chapter two, I want to draw your attention to verse number two, desire the sincere milk of, of the word, the word. That is what has the power to make you and I grow as Christians. So the first way we can grow in, in the grow uh, our Christian growth or grow in the Lord is by the power of the word. Uh, Turn back to Hebrews chapter number four, and let's look at verse number 12. Hebrews chapter four, verse number 12. The Bible says, for the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents. Of the heart The word has the power to make you grow The word of God is quick The word of God is powerful It has the power Go back to Acts chapter number 20 Acts chapter 20 verse number 32 Look what it says here And now brethren Acts twenty thirty-two. I command you to God I commend you to God And here it is. And to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all them which are sanctified. The word is powerful and the word will build you up. Being built up by the word is part of our Christian growth Four ways to grow in the Lord. The first one we're looking at tonight is by the power of his word. So what does all this mean practically? Well, we must immerse ourselves in the Word of God. If you're in sports and you're competing, if you're in uh, if you're in academics, if you're in college, you're you're studying. If you're in music, you're learning, and you immerse yourself in that field of study. Uh, in training, you you have this idea where you don't want to get you don't want to get rusty. You don't want to have the the rust build up. And so, you know, uh, you know, guys would say, "Man, I, I don't know if I can. I don't know if I can enter this tournament. I'm a I'm a little rusty." And you know, so you have you have uh, students, and you don't want them to miss class for a week because, man, they're going to come back and they're going to be rusty. And you know, the excuse we would all make when we get back to class, if we were out for a week or two weeks or a month, was, "Well, you know, you got me. I'm just a little rusty." Because we stopped immersing ourselves in that type of training. And the same thing with music. You know, my kids may miss a week of, of music lessons. They come back and the teacher, they can tell, oh, you're a little rusty. Teacher can tell if you've been studying your lessons and practicing or not. So we get rusty in all these things. But whether we're in music or academia or in, in, in athletics or sports, we get away from it. We get rusty. If we stay in it, if we immerse ourselves in in it, then we become at the top of our game. Well, it's the same thing. If we want to grow in the Lord, we have to make sure we're immersing ourselves in the word. We don't want to get rusty spiritually, do we? (laughs) So there's there is that part of it where it's been said. uh, I'm sure you've heard this quote. I don't know who said it, but it's the Bible will keep you from sin or sin will keep you from the Bible. (laughs) And I don't know who said it, but I certainly agree with it. It's true. And if we get away from the word, the Bible says in First Peter chapter 2, the, what it says is laying aside. Um, it, it says, wherefore, laying aside. And then it lists all of these things that are sinful things. Look at it. All malice and all guile and hypocrisies and envies. And all evil speaking. And the word all is used there quite a few times to really continue to hammer that nail and say uh, all of it. We can't pick and choose. It's kind of easy to to do it on Sunday in church because there's, well, just that expectation. We don't want anybody to see us like not like a super Christian. (laughs) So we typically save it when we get. On the highway and somebody cuts us off or at walmart when someone says wear your mask or you know, you, you know how that goes this <laughs> is your man, sister <laughs> but god wants us to lay all this stuff aside because all of it's sin and if we don't lay it all aside what's going to happen is we're going to get rusty and if we want to grow in the lord we need to lay that stuff aside and then it says newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word in other words like we were saying earlier we need to immerse ourselves in the word because you don't want to get rusty you don't and i don't mean just read the bible i mean study it i don't mean just read the bible i mean for all of us to pick a few verses to memorize um Let's not just read the Bible. Let's attend a church that actually believes it and teaches it. Let's not just read the Bible, but let's base all of our decisions on life around the Bible. In other words, well, let's obey it. Uh, And it sounds all simple. And Christian growth is simple. You just got to the first point tonight is you just got to show up and read the word. Immerse yourself in the word. A matter of fact, getting good at anything is really simple. You want to get good at piano? You just got to show up. You got to put your fingers to the keys. If you want to get good at growing as a Christian, you got to show up. You just got to show up. And a lot of times that takes care of it. Now, my karate instructor and I, back in 1997, on the same day, we decided to sign up for uh, a different to learn a different martial art. And we said to ourselves, we're going to we're going to be the best two guys in the room. And here's what here's our reason. It wasn't because we thought that we had special attributes than anybody else. But what, when we said that, we made a commitment to each other. And what that meant was we're showing up. So every Tuesday and every Thursday. I He would be at my door to pick me up. And then I'd be at his door to pick him up. And guess what that was? Accountability. Because if I was sleeping, uh, it's (laughs) let's go get up and train. Why? Because if in order for us to be the best guys in the room, we had to show up. And at the end of a two year period, there was about seven or eight of us out of about 30 to 40 students that were still in it. a big part of growing in the Lord and being a, a standout Christian in the sense of you're actually growing and learning and progressing is show up, just show up, show up in the Bible every day, some way. How do we do that practically? Well, there's daily Bible reading, there's morning devotionals, there's family devotionals, there's small group Bible studies where Christians get together. And then you can go on and on and on. There isn't a, uh, a wrong way. There's many, many right ways, but you got to show up and study the word. All right. So that's point number one. Immerse yourself in the word if you want to grow as a Christian. Let's go over to Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13. Verse number 22. Matthew 13, verse 22, the Bible says, He also that received received seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word. Seed is the word of God. Okay, so that's what we're talking about. And the care of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and he becometh unfruitful. So we see a couple of things in this passage. Number one, we see that the word. It can be choked. Um, How can it be choked? Well, we have the care of this world. And what else do we have? The deceitfulness of riches. The care of this world and the deceitfulness of riches. Will stunt you and I's Christian growth. We're going to we're going to touch on the deceitfulness of riches in a minute. um, But let's turn over to Mark chapter four. We see something else in the Mark. In the Mark passage, it says in verse 19. And the cares of this world, Mark 419. And the deceitfulness of riches. And now here it is. And the lusts of other things entering in, (laughs) Choke the word. And it becometh unfruitful. We've all heard, you know, we want to bear fruit. How do you know a Christian buys fruit? And we know that. Well, that's that's part of growing in the Lord. We don't want to become unfruitful. We want to be fruitful. And one of the things that will cause us to be unfruitful, not grow in the Lord, is the lusts of other things entering in. And what are those other things? Well, you just think back the last week or two weeks ago when you did that other thing. that caused you to not be really uh, on the same page with God. There's a lot of other things. (laughs) I don't know what it is, whatever you did last week. Um, And just think back as a way of remembrance when you were a new Christian. Maybe this is the best way to get a good word picture or a picture. Think back when you were a new Christian, you were newly saved. And then six months or nine months or a year after being saved, you gave that thing up. You grew in the Lord. Now, it's hard to go. You know, you've been a Christian for so long. You think you've given up everything you need to give up. Well, what else is there? Well, I stopped drinking, Lord. I stopped smoking, Lord. I, you know, I got a haircut, Lord. I, I uh, you know, I, I I, don't go out and get in fights anymore. You know, I'm nice to my wife. I don't uh, I don't smack the kids around. And I, What else is there to give up? I guess I got it all figured out. There's always something to try to improve on. And we can't forget those other things. There's other things that can prevent us from growing in the Lord. Uh, Let's go to Luke and see what it says there. Luke chapter 8. Luke chapter 8. Verse number fourteen. Look at look at this. Uh, look at this verse. And that which fell among thorns are they which, when they have heard, go forth and are choked with cares and riches. And here it is. Pleasures of this life and bring no fruit to perfection. People would ask me, or my students would ask me, not people, students would ask me, man, how do I, how do I get out of the armbar? I keep getting caught in the armbar. I said, well, you just gave me the answer. (laughs) Don't get caught in the (laughs) armbar. If the guy sinks the armbar deep in and the arm's straight, you're going to tap. There's no escape. The better question for you to ask me would be, how do I prevent getting caught in this armbar? And if more Christians would just prevent themselves from getting caught in the pleasures of this life, they wouldn't have to come to a friend or a preacher and say, how do I get out of this mess? (laughs) It's a big deal. I mean, in in martial arts, you know, you, you push up with your arm, you give the guy the arm, he takes your arm. You can correct that, not get your arm caught and move on with life. But this world, the pleasure of this life, you get involved with them. And the world takes your arm, so to speak. How do I get out of that? Brother, sister, you don't get out of it. You right. suffer the consequences of it. Right. For next time, here's how you can prevent getting caught in the pleasures of this world. And there's no getting around the fact that the pleasures of the, this world hurts a lot of people and when that happens people suffer the consequences of poor choices and it's just much easier to avoid that poor choice first peter five seven says casting all your care upon him for he careth for you and that is true all the verses in the bible are true But we don't want to use that as our life verse as an excuse to keep making poor choices. (laughs) Well, I can just cast all my care upon Jesus. You can, but you can also not do that because you can't fix stupid. You keep doing stupid stuff. Stop using that as your life verse. Well, I can just cast all my care upon Jesus. You're right. You can. But you just took a Bible truth and you devoided it of other Bible truths. And that can be dangerous. So we got to watch out for the pleasure of this life. Now, I said we would return back to the deceitfulness of riches. So let's do that. Let's go to Proverbs 23. And that's an easy. An easy one. Proverbs 23. Let's look at verse 5. The Bible says, Will thou set thine eyes upon that which is not? For riches certainly make themselves wings. They fly away when the coronavirus (laughs) 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 is. They fly away as an eagle toward Heaven. riches make themselves wings this is the problem with the deceitfulness of riches we have some money in our pocket but it soon flies away so if our trust is in money this proverb here is excellent because it will just tell you straight out it's going to go bye-bye and you're not going to have it and if we get, okay, let's go to 1st Timothy. Let's flip around a bit and go to 1st Timothy chapter number 6. 1st Timothy chapter number 6. Let's start reading in verse number 6. But godliness, 1st Timothy 6, verse 6, with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world. And it is certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and raiment and two cars and a detached garage and 25 acres and, oh, no, that wouldn't be what it says. It says having food and raiment, let us therewith be content. Well, that's about all a lot of us had during Corona. <laughs> what do you got? Beans again, <laughs> and some raven. Let us therewith be content. They say the crashing house, the the, the the housing market is going to crash in 2021 or 2022. All the economists forecast this, and uh, I'm sure there's some truth to it because people lost a lot. Mm-hmm. They might just be left with food and raven. But the Bible says. Let us be there with content. And then it says, but they that will f- be rich fall into temptation and a snare. This is why there's more responsibility. The more, you, the more money you have, the more responsibility you have. Money just makes you more of what you already are in your heart. Dirty heart, dirty money. Clean heart, you're going to use that money for clean things. And, but there's still that snare. There's still that deceitfulness that we need to be aware of. And into many foolish and hurtful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. Next thing you know, you're drowning. For the love of money. It doesn't say for money. How do you think missionaries get to the field? Money. (laughs) Well, we just prayed them in. No, you prayed and somebody gave. And then somebody else gave and then people stopped praying and other people gave. And then the prayer started again. Money got him there. (laughs) You didn't pray him and he all of a sudden was transported over. There was a $2,000 flight that you had to take with four stops and um, money. Money can be used for some good stuff. For the love of money is the root of all evil. All evil which while some coveted after they've erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. That's a We can dive into that and just spend our time preaching on it. But the point of it I'd like to make tonight is you and I had better deal with contentment before we get the money Mm -hmm. deal with it. And we take somebody that's competing or somebody that is, is training competitively competitively for anything, whether it's music or sports or martial arts or academia, one of the greatest lessons of getting just mental toughness, getting them to be able to grab a hold of this thing is to get them to deal with loss before loss happens so that you're not a mental marshmallow on the mat when you lose, because we all do. And with money, you've got to deal with, that deceitfulness and the evilness that it can bring before you got it and it's much easier somebody's real talented they're 20 years old give them five million dollars to throw a ball that's real smart (laughs) Now, now i'm not saying if i Look, if I had the talent and the skill at 20, I'd probably sign up for that. Five million, yeah, I can do that. But those of us, which is probably there's only a few of us in here, but we don't have that natural gifts and the, and the talents and the athletic attributes to do that. So what do we do? We sit on the couch and cheer those on. But you throw all that money at a kid that young, That's a recipe for disaster. Now, can it work with a lot of character training and a lot of accountability and a lot of mentorship? I'm sure it can. But you're going to have a lot of undoing of what they all want you to do. (laughs) And there's a lot more people that want you to do wrong with money than right with money and growing up in the in the 80s we had we had uh, Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson was the heavyweight boxing champion of the world. Mike Tyson was able to lose 1.5 million no. He spent 1.5 million dollars in one day. And they say he was able to lose over 10 million dollars. How do you lose 10 million dollars? No character That's how you lose it. The lusts of this world and the deceitfulness of riches. No character. That's how you lose it. It's deceitful. The Bible says in Matthew 6, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. So let's wrap up this thought. Put God first. And by default, you'll be content. If somebody says they're struggling with contentment, help them to get on board with putting God first. And all of us can use that. But we have this growing in the Lord, the word we have to immerse ourselves in. That's point number one. Number two, we need to protect ourselves against the deceitfulness of riches and the pleasures of this world and the pleasures of other things. This world is a pull. And number three, our uh, point is, show me your friends, show me your future. Anybody have heard that quote? Show me your friends, show me your future. Your top, the, the, the top three to five people you hang out with are who you are or who you will be in three to five years. So you want to put yourself around people that can take you farther than you can take yourself. And it doesn't matter what aspect you're talking about. We had a guy that was uh, training and he had a rough childhood, which is always good to train people to have a rough childhood because they want to fight. And you can do a lot with that. You can chisel them a lot. But there was a point where I can only take him so far. I said, here's where you need to go. Because getting five, six, seven, eight tough guys, around you all the time is much better than having me and two or three other tough guys in order for him to grow. The idea is to be able to grow in the Lord. So we had to get him around a bunch of people that could take him farther. How far you want to go in the Lord? Get around other people that want to go farther than you, or can help you go farther. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 15, be not deceived, evil communications, corrupt, good manners. Right. That means music. That means TV. That means Internet games. That means books. If your friends or my friends are into any of the vileness that comes along with what can happen with music and TV and Internet games and books, that's what you will be. That's who you will become. If you immerse yourself in Harry Potter books, you're going to be into some, some way, shape or form. You're going to be into witchcraft. You get into that music. That's vile music. And it preaches this wrong definition of love. You're going to embrace that definition of love. So you got to get around people. You play in the dirt. The dirt doesn't get handy. Your hands get dirty. The evil. The evil. Corrupts the good. The good doesn't corrupt. Evil. If that makes sense. First Corinthians chapter six. Verse number 14. And God hath both raised up the Lord and will also raise up us by his own power. Praise the Lord. Okay. Know ye not that your bodies are the members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them the members of an harlot? The answer comes back God forbid. Amen. What? Know ye not that he which is joined to an harlot is one body? For two, saith he, shall be one flesh. But he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. Flee fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body, but he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body. I want to draw your attention to verse number 17. But he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. How can we find good friends? And how can we embrace this? Show me your friends. Show me your future. one, be joined unto the Lord and his spirit, and he will provide you. He will provide me. Good friends, good fellowship, even if it's limited in number, even if the age brackets are vast, the vast difference. And so we can't forget that. Ephesians chapter five says, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. And it doesn't stop there with the period. It gives the solution, but rather reprove them. First, John, let's go there. First John chapter two, verse number 17. First John chapter two, uh, verse 15. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, here it is, we all know this, the love of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away the lust thereof, he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Pretty clear what we should be doing. The will of God. We're not going to grow if we love the world and all of the lust that comes along with it. We need to get rid of it because we love the Lord, not because we're scared we're going to get in trouble. I, it's great you tell we tell our kids, hey, don't do that. Why? You'll get in trouble. Okay, I won't do it. It's better if you tell them, don't do that. Well, why not? Well, do you love the Lord? Yeah. Well, here's what he says. Oh, boy, I don't want to do that. I love the Lord too much. Wouldn't it be great for an 11-year-old to say that? It's great if they don't do it, but once they get away from the authority that's under them, then they're going to do what they want to do. At least that's what I did when I was a teenager. (laughs) So we want to try to develop this mindset of let's... Let's not do something that's wrong because, well, we just love the Lord too much. And I know that's easy to preach and teach, but let's try to live it. Last point I want to make tonight is stay away from false teachers. Because if you don't, you won't grow in the Lord. You'll end up being guilted into sending money to some charlatan that was on YouTube or the Internet. And I'm not a... I'm not against YouTube or the Internet just because there's bad guys on there. There's good guys on there. Um, but Romans chapter six. Let's go there. Romans chapter number six. Verse number 17. But God be thanked. That ye were the servants of sin, but ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered unto you. Being then made free from sin, ye became the servants of righteousness. I don't think that's the verse I want, though. Where am I supposed to be? All right, let's go to Titus then. I know I want to be somewhere in Romans. I just wrote down the wrong verse and I don't want to spend too much time trying to figure it out. Uh, Titus chapter number three. Titus three. Okay, Titus chapter 3. Uh, sorry for the delay there. Verse number 9. Look, look what it says But avoid foolish questions and genealogies and contentions and strivings about the law, for they are unprofitable and vain. A man that is an heretic, after the first and second admonition, reject, knowing that he that is such is subverted and sinneth being condemned of himself. You know what heretics do? They ask foolish questions. And these foolish questions are designed to confuse people. And what this passage is not talking about is someone that's sincerely asking questions. It's not talking about someone that really wants an answer from the Bible. It's talking about someone that's asking a foolish question to cause confusion. And then that confusion will lead you or I or whoever it is into False teaching. That's why they need to be rejected. Foolishness, that is what it does. It will cause confusion. And then we'll be drawn into a false doctrine. So rejection, we have to stay away from false teachers. It's not wrong to reject somebody, to rebuke somebody, to say, no, that is wrong. Especially when someone goes public, you can rebuke them in public. I don't want to, and I don't really think it's wise to build a ministry off of just rebuking people every Sunday. But you get these celebrity pastors that aren't pastors. (laughs) Um, They're the pastors that Jeremiah warns about all those times pastor shows up and don't do it that way. These guys are jokers. And so they need to be rebuked and they probably need to be rebuked more. But what do they do? They confuse people. They draw them into false doctrine, and people don't grow in the Lord. Probably about if they're lucky—not if they're lucky—if they're blessed, they'd be saved, trusted Christ. Okay, they've got an eternal home. I mean, I hope that's the case with a lot of them, but it's doubtful because this whole movement that's going on about packing people in a room—it's doubtful. That 50% or more say it's doubtful. But if they are, that's about as far as they're going to go. So if we want to grow in the Lord, what do we got to do? Immerse ourselves in the word. Be careful of the lust of this world and the deceitfulness of riches. Show me your friends. Show me your future. And then don't be afraid to stay away, rebuke false teachers. Those four things will close with four ways to grow in the Lord and our Christian growth will improve. Thank you for listening to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. We look forward to seeing you in the next episode.